alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. The blend masters in the building here to let you know. I got the game on lock and I'm ready to flow. I'm blessed with health, wealth, and knowledge yourself, yo. Just a couple more things you need to know. Spiritually give to socially uplift to have you leaving here smarter than the click that you kick up with. A certified baller that your man can't check. Keep hacking me, homie, and I'ma check your neck. I'm the king of the soft blends and two-top drop. And I be on it every day so the shit won't stop. Chop it up is the name of my show. While well, I break it all down to tell you how it go. I keep the mic smoking when I talk my shit. So tune in every week for the game I spit. I said I keep the mic smoking when I talk my shit. So tune in every week for the game I spit. Till I hit it with the alcohol, it won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it welcome 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 we back with another episode of chop it up this is gonna be a good one yo i decided to uh touch on a a subject that's been you know in my heart for a while and i've been trying to figure out the best way to put it out and the longer i wait the more people i know Get fucked up in this shit, man. Get get into trouble, get hurt, get killed, get locked up. You know, all kind of messed up things because they just ain't got it. Ain't nobody taught them the science of, of conflict and resolution. So I'm talking about conflict and resolution. I drop a couple examples and stories and situations where conflict and resolution skills have helped me. And hopefully, you know what I'm saying, you pick something up from this. You know what I'm saying? You get something from this and, 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 and apply it to your life. And it'll change you or, or mentor. Take this information and tell it to somebody else. Help somebody with it. You know what I'm saying? You know some knuckleheads out there. And if you're a mentor, which we all should be mentoring, everybody should have at least two protégés outside of your children. Everybody should have two protégés. And you should have at least two mentors. Somebody to teach you. And you need somebody that you can practice what you learned on and teach them. Because, you know, you learn better when you're teaching it. So, all of that and more in this episode, we talk a little bit about the NBA season, a little bit about the NFL, but it's a lot going on. So, uh, again, welcome to Tate Barber Presents Chop It Up. I'm your I'm your host. The, 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 I'm the guy. I'm the voice. I'm the energy. Hmm? It's me. So, Again, thanks for tuning in. I'm glad you're here, and I can't wait for you to tell me what you think about this episode. So we about to get into it. Yay. What's happening? What's happening? So I was going to do an episode and call it, um, you know, Young Niggas, but I just felt like the content in there was a bit too derogatory because at the time I was upset about a friend of mine that passed away due to some young nigga shit. So I'm, I'm just gonna talk about conflict and resolution. I think that's probably a more suitable topic 
you know what I'm saying? Because with that, you know what I mean, you you you, you can you can get the understanding of what I, the point I'm trying to make. Alright, and just for the record, I'm gonna tell you the story vaguely. I know a lot of people that have made poor decisions because of lack of um conflict and resolution skills. I got a cousin. He died a few years back, man. He had a girlfriend. He was in love with green, dude. He, my cousin was green. I give it to him. He was kind of green. And he was over there in um, Highland Park trying to find his gal. His gal was in the trap getting bloated. You know what I'm saying? And the brothers in the trap had her in there. You know what I'm saying? So if you know anything about the trap, you kind of know how that goes. My cousin pull up looking for his gal and go knocking on the door. And them young boys is like, yo, she in here, she busy, and go ahead and uh, don't come back. You know what I'm saying? And so he was like, what? You know what I'm saying? So they let him, you know, he walked off and then he thought about it a minute. And he went back up there knocking at the door. And they come to the door like, hey man, I told you that she was busy. You know what I'm saying? Don't come back again. You know, I don't think my cousin liked how that went. And then he went down to the car or he went, he came back, came back, knocked at the door again. And they didn't even open the door. They hit him 25 times right there, gone. Now that could be conflict resolution, but at the same time, that's just mismanaging your ideas. You know what I'm saying? You had an idea that you was gonna go in there and pull your girl up out the trap. You and you so you know he he wasn't aware of 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 the the ramifications of, of somebody being in the trap. Your girl being in the trap. She gone, cuz she is gone. And he had probably invested so much energy into that relationship in, in so many different ways that he it was just unfathomable unfathomable for him to think that my what what you mean and they let him have it man i just felt so bad about it i was overseas at the time so i wasn't able to be there but it hurt to hear that you know what i'm saying and a more recent situation was again a young man that i know was was having to get down you know he had just got you know just got him a house you know what i'm saying about 40 years old you know what i'm saying he got a little gal has baby you know what I'm saying? Baby was on her first birthday, just had a birthday party and everything. And he comes home trying to, you know, come home at the end of the day with his with his girl, fiance or whatever, wife, whatever you want to call her. And I don't know if they were married or not, because I didn't go to the wedding and I didn't I haven't seen him in a ring and I haven't read his marriage certificate to see if he was married or not. But in this situation, I'm going to give her the credit of being the wife because they've been together for some time. So he 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 gets um he gets home with this lady and his baby, and um, the young guys that stay next door were having a situation that kind of spilled over into his yard. They might have been fighting, tussling, arguing, but it spilled over into his yard. And him being the guy that I know him to be, he addressed the situation the way he chose to, meaning he went over there, you know, said some stuff, tried to break it up, got to breaking it up, and then got to tussling with one of the guys that was fighting. Got the best of the guy. I'm going to say he got the best of the guy because the guy got him up off of him and shot him in the gut. Bow! And was about to hit him in the head to get it over with, 
But his girl jumped on top of him and said, please don't. And he eventually, he eventually, you know, died from that, that gunshot wound to the, to the chest or whatnot. And I think that conflict and resolution is probably one of the most undertaught things in our community because number one, the rap game and all the reality shows which run that you know you know which runs the, the the entertainment business all those things perpetuate violence you can't get a record deal if you ain't talk about what you'll do to a dude you know what i'm saying you ain't gonna get a record deal if you ain't talk about what you'll do to a nigga if he if he cross you or say the wrong thing so being a young guy that's all you know i mean when i started listening to nwa back in the 80s you know what I'm saying? My dad, while he was playing it for us, he looked at me and said, you know these dudes ain't really doing all this shit. They just, they just inventing, they just talking. Don't think that you're supposed to go out here and act like these dudes. And, and I took that to heart. And from that point on, I realized that was what studio gangsters were. But you see, young cats that didn't get that type of tutelage or didn't have that person in their life to try to differentiate what was being said versus what was really happening, felt like yo we got to do this to be hard so it went from us talking about the rappers talking about you know it's messed up what's going on out here with the cops and this is what i do if you come trying to steal my stuff mess with me mess with my kids mess with my lady you know what i'm saying step on my toes I'm going to do this, that, and the third. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like one rapper, so I ain't going to put the man's name out there because I don't want you to think negatively of the guy. But he was like, you know, he always talked about with an Uzi or an AK. You know what I'm saying? Like an Uzi? An AK? Like in, you know, in the 80s? Now, I'm not saying that those things were, you know, far-fetched to obtain. Because, you know, you had heroin, you had crack. And you had all kind of stuff going on to where those guns were definitely available if you had the money and the connection. But that was what he was using to describe what he would do if he felt disrespected. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that type of behavior because if you have children, if you have children, that is no longer your life. Once you have children, it is no longer your life. You can't go out here. I was going to be a Navy SEAL. I was going to be a Navy SEAL. I was going to go to SAR school and be a Navy SEAL. I didn't go become a Navy SEAL because I found out that I was about to have a baby boy. I felt like being a Navy SEAL would be me playing, gambling with my life when I got a son to raise. You feel me? I got to raise my son. I can't be out here, you know what I'm saying? shooting at people and, 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 and putting my life on the line for for this country. You know what I'm saying? That couldn't give a flying, you know what, about me. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I put that on pause. You know what I'm saying? I became a SAR swimmer and I'm really good at all that. But my thing is, I, I just didn't go that route because of my son. It's a lot of stuff I didn't do because of my son. I would have stayed in Hawaii in 2003 if I didn't have a son because I'd have stayed there. That was the most beautiful place in the world. But I had to get back over here because I knew I had a responsibility. You can't go out here in the military and get stationed all around the world if you got kind of if you got kids unless you're bringing them with you. You know what I'm saying? So at the time, I felt like it was a more of a priority for me to be at home with my son because that's the most important thing in this world is taking care of your offspring. So that being the case, 
You know, I, I also think about that every time a dude say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, did disrespectful, because I used to be a monster where I just pop off. You know what I'm saying? When I was a kid, I dealt with bullies. You know what I'm saying? And when I got old enough to handle myself, I wanted to fight all my bullies. I want to go back and get, I want all of y'all. I want, I want a piece of all of y'all dudes. You know what I'm saying? Because I was a kid with no father in the house to tell me how to be a gorilla out here or what it means to take certain L's. So I took a lot of extra heat because I was just, you know, not knowing what to do. I'm just keeping it real. I wasn't necessarily a punk because I ain't no punk. I ain't never been a punk, but the dudes that, that knew me enough to get away with bullying me got away with it until eventually I kind of like turned it around and started, you know, till, I, till, I, till one day I, I ended up fucking this nigga up because he hit my brother and shit. Like, you hit my brother. I ain't no punk. I just don't be wanting to fight all the time because I can't fight you and watch my little brother. Even though my little brother was jumping around like a fucking chihuahua with his little ass barking and barking and barking. I'm like, dude, man, you can't help me fight these niggas. But he didn't give a fuck. He just wasn't going to be the punk. And he probably got that way because I was fucking his ass up as a kid, bullying him. I mean, I'm not proud of it, but I'm a big brother. You know what we do. So he was probably, and to this day, I believe that my brother's probably the, 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 probably one of the most, second most toughest people in the world because of, you know, some of the torment I put him through. And I really wasn't bad, but I was like, nah. Because when I was a kid, I had older uncles and cousins that used to drag me behind a goddamn garage and fuck me up. You know what I'm saying? Talking about, we trying to make you tough. I want to fight them too, but they are old and little than me now. So all that, all that shit was because I didn't understand the science of conflict and resolution. You know what I'm saying? It was, I was, you know, I was like that. And now that I've gotten older, I realized I just can't go slap niggas because like when I was in the military, man, I used to be, I used to toss niggas up. Like what? What? You know what I'm saying? Fold them up, body slam them. Who you talking to? You know, I was rough like that. But I mean, I eventually I outgrew that because then they started lying on me saying, man, you know, take down there. Take down there smacking niggas on the ass Trying to put me on some sexual harassment That's how they used to do me when I was in the military I was so much of a fucking I don't want to say a bully But I might have been a bully to somebody Somebody in this world talking about how much of a bully I used to be to them I'm sure And they couldn't whoop my ass So they would go to the command master at arms and say This dude is sexually harassing me And they'd call me like Yo, you know this dude said you sexually harassing him? How? Talk about you, you, you touching on him the wrong way. I said, man, I swear to God, I ain't never touched nobody. I said, but I will say this. I beat his ass a couple times. I roughed him up a couple times because he was getting disrespectful. And I probably shouldn't have did that. And his only way of retaliating was to try to put the false claims out there about me being a sexual harassment person. A person that does sexual harassment or exemplifies sexually harassing behavior. However you want to label it. And I actually went through that. And so I eventually apologized to that brother. And I apologize to anybody listening to this that I may have tormented. Because I used to be a fucking problem. I'm still a fucking problem. But again, I realized that when you have an offspring, you have to make amends and stop bothering. I wasn't a bully, but I was just, you know, I was, I was taught that way. And I thought that was the way to do it. And I'm, on, I'm talking about 22, 23, just a young monster out here. You know what I'm saying? And, and I just realized that as I got bigger... 
that people can't really do too much. And it's like, I'm not, they're not gonna fight me. You know what I'm saying? Niggas wanna get it back at me, gonna, gonna shoot me when I ain't looking because I'm too big and I'm too, I'm, I got my hands nice. So I don't, I don't expect to ever get a fair fight. And I said all of that to say, because I'm not glorifying that. I'm just saying that to say, I used the wrong behavior to settle my disputes. But fortunately for me, I was never the type of person to kick a person when he was down or to get, you know, too rude and disrespectful to people because, you know, that's humility. It's humiliation. I don't, I don't believe in humiliating people unless you do something to really earn that type of behavior. You know what I'm saying? And this, again, this ain't about me. This is this. I'm just using myself as an example for the necessity of conflict and resolution. You understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? Conflict and resolution is a matter of understanding that there's a conflict, meaning somebody has either disrespected me of my or my loved one, and they need to be addressed. Now, the resolution is where you how you address it. That's your resolution. If you meet disrespect with the same disrespect if not more the likelihood of the person you're getting back at accepting that L and leaving it be is really based upon you know you know how they were brought up because if they feel like this dude has totally embarrassed me I can't take this L in front of these people the wrong people saw this happen I gotta do something, and I know I can't fight this nigga, so I'm gonna hit him in the head with a brick. You know what I'm saying? And give a person brain damage. You know what I'm saying? All kind of stuff that you get. And when you when you when you six when you six six, you know what I'm saying? Two ninety, two seventy. You know what I'm saying? You don't have too many people that's gonna want to square up on you face to face to handle their problems. Only a mad person would do that. And I'm not thinking that that's cool at all. But what I'm saying is. These are the things that should be said if you misunderstand someone and feel disrespected. Because you got a lot of young people out there that don't understand this. You know what I'm saying? You go out there and you beat somebody up, they're going to come back with a gun or a knife or a bunch of other people. Because that's what was happening back in the 80s and 90s. You beat somebody up, they come back with their crew. Yeah, they come back. Because I done been, man, listen, I've dealt with, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan in the 80s, right? In the crack era. So, dudes were crazy. In Detroit, we had, you know, gangs and affiliations, but it wasn't like Crips and Bloods, but it was still just as dangerous because in Detroit, you gotta do it. Ain't no way you finna sit up here and sell no wolf tickets because if you make a threat and walk away, that threat gonna meet you before you, you know, see them again. Cause that's just what, the, that's how the game is played. I'm not finna sit here and go to bed knowing you just threatened me. The brother that was had the issue in his front yard. Instead of just getting it over with, walking away or, or squashing it the right way, he like, I'll be right back. You can't tell a nigga that with a gun in his hand. These young dudes ain't out here fighting them with their pants too tight. They fall off and shit. They barely got their pants. They, been, they don't even have on shoes. They got on slides, flip flops. You know what I'm saying? So ain't nobody finna take no L. So again, number one, never disrespect anybody. Never disrespect anybody. I mean, you meet 
the level of respect that you you know you 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 match the level of respect that you are greeted with. And if someone's greeting you with disrespect, walk away. Yo, I'm not even going. I'm not even finna sit up here and and and, and, and go here with you. I'm finna dip, bro, cause you tripping, man. You you way out of pocket right now. I'm gonna take a deep breath and I'm gonna let you have that. And I'm gonna go on home, so I can you know continue to live my life. So I don't you know do anything to cause the retaliation. I don't want that. I'd much rather you word. That's how you feel. All right, because the 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 truth is. The truth is, your greatest weapon, your greatest asset, your greatest quality is your energy. The smile that you give to people when you walk into the room is healing to a lot of people. They love it. They need it. They wake up and wait for it. And isn't that, it may not be everybody, but understand, somebody loves your energy. And most of the people close to you love your energy. And when you feel disrespected, because I had to learn this from working in the club. I worked in the club for a while as a security guard. It's probably why I don't go to clubs no more. You figure, you go to the club for two, three hours on a Friday night, have a few drinks and get on up out of there. But when you gotta be there from six to five in the morning with music blasting in your ear sober, it'll cure your desire to be in clubs, especially when you start seeing stuff, seeing stuff that happen in clubs. See, when you don't have a father, a real father to teach you humility, when you don't have a real father to teach you humility, the minute you get into a situation that you feel humiliated, you wanna, you want to cause problems to someone that can make them feel the same level of humility that you had to feel. You know what I'm saying? So, and some if you can't throw them hands like that, the only other option you have is to do some foul shit. Some some catch the shoot. I'm just gonna kill this nigga, man. Fuck that. I'm gonna kill it. He just. He just disrespected me in front of my girl. I know I can't whoop him. I'm just gonna shoot him. Fuck that. Or, or, cause another, and so I learned that in the club, man, these dudes used to get in the club, the music be bumping. I used to go to the DJ booth like, what you doing? You see these dudes out here about to start fighting and it ain't but three security guards in here. So I would have to go on the dance floor. They all in the middle of the dance floor having finger wars, you know, when they in the middle of the club throwing up gang signs and see who can throw the, the, the loudest gang sign. And I would walk out there on the dance floor, nice little slow bop, right dead into the middle of what they doing. Like they all in their fingers up, throwing up, yeah, nigga, we over here, nigga. And just walk right in the middle of that shit and just stand there like, chill out. And all them little niggas are dispersed. I swear to God on everything I love. Shots out to Royal Blue, Virginia Beach, Virginia. You know what I'm saying? And I used to do that because, because what's that little nigga name? What's that little nigga name? The little nigga that used to run that shit, that used to two pot all night, uh, short glasses. Dude, if you know anything about Royal Blue, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and he used to, he used to not want to hire, but so many security guards because he wouldn't want to have to pay at the end of the night. 
So we're being there with 400 people in the club that shouldn't have a 200 in there. Then he got two security guards in there, one at the dough, two on the floor. And we're supposed to make sure ain't nobody in there fighting. But if you go in that club, they wildin'. So, um, a couple of the young guys used to get real stupid and like, yo, man, they want to start some shit. I said, listen, man, they didn't even do, like, this, the type of person I am, I observe everything. Number one, they never took the trash out enough. If you're in a club and you're running a club, you have to keep the trash taken out. You cannot just have bottles of Hennessy in your club sitting there. I got all these Hennessy bottles in the club. You know what I'm saying? I got all these empty hen dog bottles in here. All these empty vodka bottles, champagne bottles, Moet bottles, Moscato bottles. All these empty bottles in the car that, I mean, in the trash can sitting right here. So if I ever decide I want to retaliate, all I got to do is walk over to the trash can, grab one of these bottles that don't break, and put it in my, and walk up and boom. One dude, the reason why they closed Royal Blue was because that happened. Somebody got to talking shit, and one of these little niggas went and got a little bottle, a Moscato bottle, and hit them with security. Because security guards, like, I didn't like to fight. One of the fights I had, we was in the club, and one of my coworkers were getting in a verbal dispute with one of the club goers, okay? And rather than, you know, defuse the situation or put the brother out the club, he wants to square up. Now, I'm standing here watching because I'm trying to make sure don't nobody sneak up on my guy because he works with me. That's what you're supposed to do. And this dude, oh, it was finna run over there. It starts, so I yoked him up. And if you've ever been in Royal Blue, they got these stanchions that send a club, that lines the club, and it's like little bar, like, like little rails that sit up about five, four, about three or four feet high that you can sit your drink on, but you can't sit nothing else on there but a drink because it's probably about, sticks out about maybe seven inches, and it stands up about seven inches. So like a seven-inch L right there that's up about four feet in there. So I grabbed this dude and pulled him, and I like kind of had his back bent over that, and I had him in like a, a semi-chokehold. And I was whispering in his ear, I said, listen, bro, I cannot let you go over there and fight my guy. He works here. You cannot do that. Now, I'm holding you right here because I don't want to, I want to tell you that. So if I let you go, you can't just go run over there and jump my man. He's a security guard with me. I wasn't being disrespectful. This is exactly what I said to this man. And he was like, he was leaning over and I kind of had his feet damn near off the ground. And I had him like with my with my elbow on his chest and my arm, like with his chin creased between the, my elbow. Like I'm holding him like a chokehold, like chill, bro. So I said, I'm gonna let you up. If you if you make your move, I'm gonna have to get you and put you out the club. So he made his move and went to go over there. So I snatched his ass up, body slammed him on the ground, picked him up and threw him out the little side door over there. And it was a chick leaning up against the door with a drink in her hand with a cute little dress on. And she didn't see it happening. But I wasn't finna stop and say, excuse me, ma'am, could you move? Nah, I body slammed this nigga on the ground, picked him up and ran through the door. Boom, threw him into her, into the door, opened the door and they both outside now. And I'm not running back in the club. I'm standing right there looking at you like, bro, I asked you nicely. Now we outside, you won't fight? 
You know, I don't want you to feel like I snuck you. I want to let you get a chance to do what you're going to do. He like, nah, I'm good, cuz. And he walked off. And I walked back in the club to, to, to break up the rest of the fight. But it was like the most dangerous job in the world because you can't punk somebody in the club breaking up a fight. One time I broke up a fight with this dude. I said, bro, please, you, gonna go, you wanna go to jail or you wanna go home? And so fast forward a couple of weeks, I'm in the club doing my security thing and that same guy that I said, you wanna go to jail, you wanna go, he came and tapped me on my shoulder. I ain't gonna say he startled me, but I wasn't expecting him to tap me on my shoulder. And I turned around like, what's up? He said, man, I wanna thank you for, for, for you know, dealing with you know, for dealing with me the way you did because I was drunk, I was out of line, I was disrespectful, and you probably could have been real, you know, rude about the way you handled that. And I'm thinking to myself the whole time, like, yo, if I would have been rude and disrespectful to this man, he could have just fucked me up right there because I was not expecting. It was like that. It was like a month later. Nigga had braids and everything. I was like, wow, you know. And in my mind, that was a lesson I learned about conflict resolution. Cause a nigga that you disrespect ain't gonna get you that at that time if he don't think he can get you at that time. But he's gonna get you when you think it's over with. And another bartender, another dude went through the same situation, but instead he just got ugly. And all right, so later on down the line, the dude came in the club like nothing ever happened and hit that dude in the head, split his head open with a wine bottle. And that dude died in that club that night and they closed that club that night. So I said all that to say, if you find yourself in a situation where you feel disrespected, take a deep breath, look that man in the eye and express yourself respectfully. Now, Cause he's gonna be, when you, when you address a situation with, with tact, that puts a little bit more fear in the offender because they're like, well, he ain't, he ain't, he ain't if he ain't tripping, and bringing that energy, he must have something more in store. You know how like a person, it's cool, it's cool. You smack your girl, she's like, it's cool, just go to sleep, nigga. One of them things. I, he might've felt like that, but the bottom line was, I didn't need that type of smoke because again, it's not my life. When you have a child, it's not my, I've had a son, I've had a child since I was 21. That's when I found out that my ex-wife was pregnant. I was 21. So from that moment on, my life changed. And it didn't necessarily, it, took, it didn't take a rocket scientist for me to understand that because I grew up with watching real dudes handle business, real niggas, real niggas handle business. I watched that. I don't want to be on anybody's retaliation radar. So I learned by watching, I grew, my dad moved to Miami in 1981, like I said, like my earlier episode. My dad moved to Miami in 1981 when he got out of the Navy because he got hired by Rolls Royce because he was a machinist and didn't nobody, you know what I'm saying? So I ain't wanna, I learned, I've seen, like growing up in Miami in the 80s and then Detroit in the 80s, you see real stuff. These are the realest dudes in the world from Dade County in the 80s and 90s in Miami, Florida. I mean, Dade County, anywhere around the Miami Tri-State area. And in and, 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 and Detroit, Michigan, these are the realest dudes in the game. The only people that may be close to that are the dudes from Oakland, California. I done been to LA, all the LA dudes are cool. 
you know, that gang banging, that's retard. That's, 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 that's mental illness to be a gang banger. If you're a gang banger, you're suffering from mental illness. You mean to tell me that all these crackers out here killing people. Yes, I said crackers. All these crackers out here killing niggas and you ain't, you a gang banger and you killing niggas that look like you and your cousin and your brother. When your daddy could have, it could have been, you know what I'm saying? You won't go kill a white dude. Cop, white cops killing motherfuckers every day. And ain't nobody killed a white cop yet. Ain't nobody pulled up on a white cop and shot his ass up. Ain't nobody did that with a ski mask on and took care of a cop that you know did something that he ain't had no business doing. But you will go shoot a nigga for wearing a red shirt. You will go shoot a nigga for making a little bit more money than you this month. You will go shoot a nigga for fucking your gal, but you won't go, you won't go kill a cop that beat the shit out your cousin. That's why I say it's mental retardation. Cause, cause you know, the police officers, that's the old lynch mob. There was a lynch mob. If you look at some of the posts that I put on social media about how they used to kill people and hang them. They used to kill niggas. First thing they would do is cut their dick off, hang them, beat the shit out of them, then hang them. And then all the little white boys and girls and men in the community would all go stand up under this dead man hanging from a tree with snot bubbles coming out his nose and blood leaking from his body with his dick cut off and take pictures like they just killed a deer. They would do that. They still do that. It's just they using the police force to do it. So... You know what I'm saying? When you're dealing with the police, I'm going to say this. This is another conflict resolution situation because I'm going to try to go through all of them. When you're dealing with the fucking police, the punk ass peaked because all them niggas that's coming back from the war got PTSD. That's who they hiring. And they telling them every day and they morning me, kill a nigga today. Kill a nigga today and you'll be all right. You know what I'm saying? At one point, it was that bad. So you got dudes out here killing black people like they still in Afghanistan because they went over to Afghanistan and them Muslim countries and started bombing them, 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 them people over there because, see, that's what happened. They went over there and started bombing them people. Them people in them poor Islamic countries started getting their money together trying to retaliate the best that they could because they men too. And then it gets reported that they are starting shit with us when we are actually going over there, bombing up their country, taking over their shit, and then they're just retaliating. Yes, they're suicide bombers. Yeah, they, they got rocket launchers and all that shit because why are you even over here, cuz? If, 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 if Atlanta was bum-rushed by a bunch of Soviets, they just popped up in Atlanta and started killing motherfuckers because we got good whatever, oil. You know what I'm saying? We be living out here trying to fight for our shit. These people coming over our country and they'll tell their city, hey, listen, they, 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 they shooting at people. They got weapons of mass destruction because we know y'all coming over here for the gas. We got to protect ourselves. We over here, we ain't got that because we don't live like that. The Islamic people are the most peaceful, loving people on this earth. Okay? They don't bother people. Look into it. They retaliate, but hell, every man retaliates. Because you coming over there raping their women and killing their people, taking over their shit, they gotta retaliate. Yeah, I was in the military. I didn't understand what was happening when I was in the military. I, I didn't. They keep you so caught up in what you're doing, and, and depending on your childhood, the military is a breakaway from hell. 
If you growing up in, an, in a, 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 a physically and emotionally abusive household, if you're growing up in, a, in poverty, if you're growing up being sexually assaulted by your relatives, the military is a safe haven for you because everybody comes in, gets trained, and you have a job, you get paid. You're going from being broke with no heat to getting two, three thousand dollars a month after the first month. That's a damn sure come up to a lot of people. And then it's also with the leadership classes and, and, and the training that you receive on how to be in the military, it's gonna make you a better person. It's almost like joining the church. Joining the church is gonna save you from whatever hell you living through. But that does not mean that it is where it's supposed to stop. You're supposed to continue to grow. Don't just get, that's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, it's raining outside and you find a gazebo. Oh shit, let me stand up under here. That gazebo ain't gonna help you for long. It's good enough to get you in the place to where you can regroup and figure out your next move. And that's what it does. In the meantime, you, you, you basking in the benefits of being in this organization. Not even looking at the fact that y'all going around doing what they do in different countries, lying to the public, lying to America about why they over there, just to get them over there. Uh, uh, the, 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 the Bush Jr. Uh, not Bush, yeah, Bush Jr. He went over there and started a war because they started a war in the 90s. Like, yo, I went over there because they tried to kill my daddy. He said that. So, again, it was no beef. He just wanted to go back and start some shit. Because he didn't like what they did to his pops. And when it was over there in 91, they was trying to get the oil anyway. So all this stuff, I'm not even going to get into political warfare. All I'm going to say is conflict and resolution. If you run into a situation and somebody steps on your foot, you know what I'm saying? Hey, man, you stepped on my foot. It's two ways that happen. You're going to cuss a nigga out because you feel like I paid too much money for my shoes and you should be watching where the fuck you're going. Or you can look at the fact that this man is drunk. It's very tight in his room. Uh, he's being pushed by someone else. He, he just lost his footing. He may not have even seen me. So before you get up and try to show out in front of your girl or your crew, take a deep breath. Count to 10. And your reaction should be either, pardon me, brother, you stepped on my foot. He should be like, my bad. You know what I'm saying? My bad. I ain't do it on purpose because I guarantee you he didn't come to that club to step on your foot. He came to that club to get drunk and your foot just happened to be in the way of his drunk stumble. So you have to think about that because if you say, hey, Mo, let me tell you, I remember one time, the last time I got scared in the club, and I'm going to say scared because I was walking through a crowded ass club in Hawaii, man, crowded of rumors. And if you have been to rumors on a Saturday night, you can't even tell if they got carpet in that junk. That's how crowded it is. So I'm walking through the crowd and it's this dude behind me pushing through. It was like, it was Pro Bowl weekend. So it was extra thick. So they pushing through and pushing through. I'm like, I, I stopped. Like, what you doing? Don't you see all these fucking people in front of me? I'm screaming on the little dude. Now he's a short guy. He probably was about five, nine. And I'm screaming on this dude, like, dude, back the fuck up. You all on me. Are you seeing? I'm trying to get through too. And he's standing there looking at me. Unfazed by my rent. He's looking at me with a with a, a serious look, like, like Jet Li. 
And it was a conversation that it that 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 I got under control fast. Because here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like, yo, man, I don't know this dude. Yes, I'm drunk and frustrated, and he's stepping on my shirt. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Two-piece Gucci. I had a two-piece Gucci suit on. It was like I used to have this blue Gucci suit and this tan Gucci suit. And it had all the G's on. It was like a denim jacket and a denim pants. But it was creased up. I'm fly. I had on me some nice little boots to go with it that I, you know, had my, you know, nice shoes to go with. I was fly. I, I might have a picture somewhere. But he, he, he tripped. He didn't trip. He just looked at me. And I said, I immediately said, go ahead, man. I let him have it. Go ahead, man. And he looked at me and nodded his head like, yeah, nigga, and walked off. Now, did I feel like he could kick my ass? Nah. But when you got a little nigga looking at you like that, he ain't thinking about punching you in your shit. He thinking, nigga, I'll stab your ass in your kidney in this motherfucking club, nigga, and act like I didn't do it and watch you die. And that's what happens in these situations. You got a nigga that'll do that. And so you got to think, like, again, I had a baby. And I had to check myself, like, nigga, you got kids. You know what I'm saying? My son was, my son was probably three. I'm like, nah, man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And I apologize to that man. Go ahead, brother. My bad. You like you, you're in a rush. Go ahead. And he kind of looked at me. And I, I saw him a couple times after that, that night. And I just was like, nah, I don't need them problems in my life. I didn't want to go to jail, but I didn't want to have to, I didn't want to have to, you know, I didn't want that. I didn't want that. I don't know. Cause you don't ever know what a person thinking. And I ain't scared of nobody, but it ain't my life. It ain't my life anymore to go out and, and, and punch niggas and swing on niggas. I used to, man, I used to drop, man, I used to hit people, bro. I, I used to hit people. And I, I don't take, it don't take but one. And I just had to check myself. Because if somebody step on your foot, just, hey, yo, pardon me, man. Let them have it. Let them have it. Because these niggas ain't fighting no more. Ain't nobody finna square up and take a knuckle sandwich and then go home. I'm gonna kill this nigga. Well, especially when they get in the ass. Well, now you come out here trying to break up a fight, a nigga getting his ass whooped, then you turn around and whoop his ass too. He took two ass whoopers in front of his people. He's not gonna take that L. So just, just, just take a deep breath, count to 10. Think about your life. Think about going to jail. Think about losing your, your health because of a misunderstanding. Take a deep breath and give it to him. Hey, yo, I apologize, my man. I must have been in your way. Go ahead, you got it. Now he gonna immediately feel Cause he might be, he might, he, he's gonna immediately square up too, meaning sober up for the moment and see, oh shit, I was on that man foot, damn, my bad. He may even respond like that. But if you are extra gracious in your response, reaction, like yo, chill, B, or not even chill, but like, pardon me, man, go ahead, man, you all on my foot, let him have it. He, he may even apologize if he's solid enough, if you feel like you handled it in a more respectful manner, because ultimately, if he's pushing, trying to push past you and stepping on your shoe, he probably realized he in the wrong. Especially if you look at him and check him about it in a respectful manner. So be smart enough to know when to hold him and know when to fold him. Because all money ain't good money. You ain't supposed to be out here fighting, bro. So these young guys fighting, they don't even know how to fight. There was a time where you can get your ass whooped by OG. And you take the lesson from the ass whooping. You right. I was disrespectful with this old man, whooped my ass, and then he gave me some game, man. I, I, I'ma check myself. And, and, and you go home, and you learn the lesson, and you go on from there. But if you got your ass whooped by OG, you earned it. 
You earned it. Because OGs know the same shit I know. Like, yo, I'm not finna be fighting these young niggas, but he need a lesson. But see, they locked up all the OGs, man. They locked up all most of the OGs from the drug game, from the pimp game, from the hustle game. And just fathers, period. The Welfare Reform Act took that out the house, man. Look, you want welfare? We give you some wick. Because the government coming at you, lady. The government coming at you, lady, like the side dude. What's up? What's up? You looking good? You got your babies and shit? You got your dude? Yeah, I got a dude, but he ain't making that much money. Look here, fuck that dude. Put him out your house. I'll give you food stamps. I'll give you a HUD house. I'll give you some Medicaid. I'll give you, uh, uh, you know, all this stuff that comes with the Democratic starter kit. I'll give it all to you if you get rid of your nigga. Get rid of that nigga. You can't have him over there. They got social workers that come to your house checking your closet for motherfucking shoes bigger than your feet. Make sure you ain't got no nigga staying here. You know what I'm saying? Hey, the woman, because back at one point, every time you have a kid, the more money you get from the government. So now they put the daddy on child support and they making him pay that back. So you thinking you getting a whole X amount of dollars child support but you probably get a portion of it, a portion of it, because that's that money they get from him is gonna pay for your food stamps, Medicaid, and all the stuff you reaping from being in the system. You'll get a little bit of it, but we're gonna get ours first. And they taxing that. You know what I'm saying? You sit on 500 a month for child support, they taking 200 of that. Give me two. 200 for what? Yeah, 200. Yeah, we want we get money off this too. So without the fathers in, our, it looks good for some. Again, it looks good for somebody coming up out of an impoverished situation, trying to have a baby with somebody to get child support. So they need because because as an adult, you're gonna have a cable bill, you're gonna get your nails and hair done, and you're gonna have a rent and all that stuff anyway. You gonna have that whether you got kids or not. So. You're going to be paying them bills. Child support ain't necessarily for all of that. And I'm not going to make this about child support. But my point is, the lack of the male figure in the household is what creates these vigilante-ass young boys who walking around here learning how to be a man from the gangsters on the record labels. Oh, that's what I got to do? That's what I got to do? Because they used to kill niggas, lock niggas. Think about, just, just go through YouTube and look at some of the old drug wars police war on drugs, the United States of America war on drugs videos where they show all the black men that they just killing. Look at the beginning of the movie Clockers. Spike Lee got a five minute intro in the movie Clockers and it's just showing dead people. People just got shot in the car, just dead. All these men just dead. We ain't gonna talk about homosexuality. All these dudes out here turning into girls and acting like girls, like, Every time I see a group of dudes like that, I'm like, man, that could be somebody quarterback, somebody whole front five on their basketball team. You know, I'm looking at all of this could be right here, but instead they walk around here in booty shorts with lipstick on. You see that. And I ain't trying to be funny, but that's that's just terrible to me. That's fucking terrible to me. I don't give a fuck about no LGBT community. I respect the game. But at the end of the day, you're not it's, you're not finna tell me. Because if my, my son came to me and told me, dude, I think I'm gay. I'm going to slap the shit out of his ass. No, you're not, son. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? But if your daddy ain't there to do that, your mama might just say, I love you anyway, baby, because I don't want... You know what I'm saying? 
And again, that's my take on it. I'm not here to impress nobody. I don't fucking work for nobody. I live my own life. I don't worry about nobody. So I can say how the fuck I feel. And I just, I don't, I don't think that that's fair to sit up here and make little boys think it's okay to, to, to be that way. It's not. It's not. And that's why people are committing suicide. Because you get out here and you playing this gay game. And then you grow up and realize I'm not gay. But you gay to everybody that you was gay. You can't stop being gay. And some people can't take it. Some people can't take it and they kill themselves. Talking about they was bullying him. No. He realized how fucking retarded it was for him to be walking around here with like he gay. Like, nah, bro, you just joining the fad right now. Like gang banging is a fad. You out here gang banging, having babies and shit, knowing that your days are numbered. You can't be going out here driving around killing people and having babies because now you're going to die. Somebody going to get you. You kill five people, you can't go nowhere. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the, the lack of the, the, the masculine role in the household is turning a lot of these young guys into emotional responders. An emotional responder is what women do. Women get mad and just go off. Because in most cases, women ain't getting slapped in the face or punched in the nose. Or beat down for being disrespectful. That's not happening. In most cases, some dudes out there smacking women up, and them women ain't that loud because they getting smacked up. But if you raised by your mama and all you hear your mama do is cuss motherfuckers out, get loud and disrespectful with people, talking shit, talking back, going all in. If you see that as a mama, I mean as a little boy, that's gonna be your way you handle shit. If you got a dad in the house, you're gonna see a nigga. You're gonna see a nigga check her when she get a little too out of pocket. Hey, oh, chill with that. You're gonna see a man check you for getting out of pocket. Hey man, boys don't act like that. Chill out. Do you see me walking around here acting like that? Do you see me walking around here doing all that? You don't. So you need to not do that. There should be a man in a house to do that. And the only man that really give a shit if you understand that is the man that gave birth to you. But the nigga that's dating your mama just trying to get some pussy in a lot of situations. You got a lot of brothers out there that play stepdad. Shots out to all the stepdads out there. I was a stepdad. I don't think you ever give up that role because the mama and you don't go to You still want to keep in touch and pass that game on. But at the end of the day, stepdad is, a, is an important job that not everybody has the patience to do. So I respect anybody stepping in, playing that role. And I hope my stepdad was a Q-Dog. My stepdad was a Q-Dog and a, and a high school teacher and a janitor. And that brother taught me a lot of stuff. He taught me humility to a certain degree. He taught me math and the understanding of math and how math translates to the world, which is a very valuable lesson. If you don't know, get in the books and figure it out. And he, he, I never saw that dude get out of pocket. I never saw him get out of pocket, man. When we used to be outside, he built us a basketball goal. We used to hoop on. We used to hoop in the alley behind my house on Gladstone between 12 and 14. And we used to put, um, we used to put like uh, a crate up. We had a crate on the phone pole. Would get up beat the bottom out of a crate, get it out of there. Then we'll take that crate and put about 15 nails in that junk against the pole. 
and like put a, a piece of a board up there and we'd be playing on that crate for our word, which is why I got a nice shot. Cause when you shoot jump shots on the crate, your game is gonna be great. Cause you, my brother can shoot better than anybody. You know what I'm saying? Cause we spent hours, hours shooting on a crate. And if you got a kid that you wanna make a shooter, buy him a, get a crate and put it up somewhere and make him shoot ball on that crate. Now they got the little rings you can put on top of the rim that makes the rim like smaller by a couple inches. And, and, and that, that tightens up the shot. So if you can make that, you'll be good at making shots on a regular size rim. So I suggest either a crate or one of those. Crate is gonna be a lot cheaper and a lot more effective. But we would be out there shooting on a crate all night long. And then one day he just like, Yo, I'm gonna build y'all a goal, man. I'm gonna build y'all a goal. So him building us a goal, he, he wouldn't build a nice one too. He, uh, cause we had in Detroit, we got the like the little eight foot fences around the yard, the tall fence. So he put a pole in a cement in the ground in our yard that set in about two, three feet. And then he put holes in that pole and he got a bigger pole and put matching holes in it. And he hooked the bracket that had the rim backboard attached to it with the rim on it on that so you can basically slide the pole on top of that and then you take your big boat and run it through the hole and put it at different levels so that's how we had a setup so we had this in the alley set that up in the yard so when we lift it up and turn it over to the alley so now we are here in the alley and we play ball now. Now we really popping. And my stepdad used to always say, yo, man, if these niggas come out here that you don't want out here, drug dealers, gangsters, old niggas, because we was only like 12, 11, 12, 13, something like that. So whenever the, the, the kids that were too big would pull up and try to come out there, we'll holler cold blue, and then he'll come outside and play ball with us and then kind of tell them to get the fuck on. He wasn't disrespectful. But he realized it, like, yeah, man, y'all can go, y'all too big to be out here with these young boys, man. You know, he was a cute dog, so he wasn't no punk. He was from Rouge. He wasn't no sucker. You know what I'm saying? But he he knew this is how you talk to gangsters and drug dealers in the crack era in the alley. He moved from Rouge on the 12th Street with us, with my mama. My mama got three kids, no nigga in the house. He moved in with us. And they they stole that nigga car like 10 times right out from in front of the house. Them niggas was so dirty. And I know who did it too. Them niggas was stealing that man car because he would come out there and tell them to leave. Cause they niggas used to come and they used to come and dunk and tear the crates down off the off the pole and just come back. Cause we was little. And it was like, gone, man. You know, they and then he would just come out there and square it away. So one day, one day, we came home from school and them niggas then took the whole goal out the yard. They bent the pole, broke the pole, took the pole off, and ran off with the hoop. Don't even know where the hoop at. Nobody ever put it up to play with it off the net. I mean, somebody took it, though. Never saw that hoop up again. But somebody took it out of our yard. We came home from day one day. It was gone. And he was like, I ain't going to build another one. I ain't see me doing that shit. But that was crazy. And I respect him for never leave. He, he never left. My, he could have left. They broke in his car seven, eight times. He could have left, 
He never left. They eventually went their separate ways, but we were all groaning out the house. They had them. We had them moved over to 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 Redford area by by Redford off Grand River and Lasha. So we had moved over there. And, and you know, and by the time I was in the military, and my brother was and sister was in college, and their relationship went the way it went, and went the way it went, and etc. But you know, that's 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 other stuff. That's grown up stuff. You know what I'm saying? I never really got a chance to tell that man how much I appreciate it, because now that I'm his age, and I look back at the sacrifice he made for us to teach us certain levels of humility and certain levels of tact. And ways to deal with conflict and resolution. You know what I'm saying? I looked at that. I'm like, wow, much respect for that. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you know, again, that's a lesson that I try to pass on to as many young boys as I can because that's the lost art of conversation. Being able to being able to 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 deal with your issues in a tactful, firm, respectful manner. Like, yo. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's important. I mean, I fought. I, I could fight. I could do all of that. But as a kid, you know, you got to do that to get your stripes. But as you grow up and realize these niggas are killed. I remember one dude, he was a drug dealer, trying to get it popping. And I guess some crackhead owed him some money. And he decided to beat the shit out the crackhead. You beat the shit out of a crackhead? First of all, he ain't feel it. You know what I mean? He didn't feel them blows. He felt the embarrassment. And that nigga shot, shot that nigga, Herm. Shot Herm in the head. Boom! Herm was dead in the mud. Damn, he was only selling drugs for a week. But I guess you just try, pardon me. I guess you just trying to get your name out there and let these dudes know you ain't no sucker. And that's what it did. That's how he did it. And that dude killed his ass. Like it wasn't shit. Herm had a brother, a mama, a daddy, all that shit. Boom, dead in the street. Because you want to show out and, and and beat the shit out of a crackhead, and conflict and understanding. I mean, I was I went to I went to Hutchins Middle School, and I was a part of the opening of the conflict and resolution center in that school. I was a part of that. I was a, I was a part of that. I was an intricate part of that early in the game, early '90s, and and I can't think of the people involved in it anymore because that's been so many years, but. You know, we had a conflict resolution center over there at that school over there off third and like Atkinson, Burlingame. One of them one of them schools over there in the north north end. It was like a little old abandoned school that they opened up for an educate adult education center, but they ended up turning it into a conflict and resolution center. I know if anybody from that area understands I mean during that time they know what I'm talking about. And you know, we was really working towards that. I got a picture with Coleman A. Young for that. I did a play. I did the voiceover for a puppet show that was all about conflict and resolution. And I've always been into that because I got younger siblings that I had to leave behind for, 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 for the military, for high school, for middle school. I had to leave to go. I had, Man, I stood up to so many bullies because of my little brother and sister, man. It was like, I wasn't equipped. I wasn't equipped, so like when my son got old enough to understand what was going on, I started laying it on him. Eight, nine years old, like this is how you handle business. This is what you do, this is what you don't do. This is what you keep an eye out for. Don't ever let these type of, you know what I'm saying? Because I understand the importance of weak niggas not knowing how to deal with their personal disputes. I just shoot that nigga, I shoot him and he ain't never gotta worry about messing with me no more. So I never was a bully because I know niggas didn't want to fight. 
Niggas don't be wanting to fight. Niggas going to kill you. You know what I'm saying? So I, I tell people all the time, take a deep breath and count to 10. And, and be polite with your correction. Like, yo, man, I, I don't think that was necessary. Now, you ain't going to always be able to do that. Because some of these young dudes be high. Most of these young dudes be high. And trying to prove a point. And they just choose you to try to make that point. And you have to be able to take a deep breath and realize, like, nah. Now, mind you, this is when you got more to live for. Because I think everybody got to fight growing up. Because you got you to gotta know what you can do. And you have to establish yourself. You can't be 12 years old on the block trying to be conflicting and resolution with them kids. You got to scrap with them. You know what I'm saying? And you ain't necessarily got to beat nobody ass, but you got to let them know I ain't the one. And that's that's adolescence. But by the time you become an adult, you can't be on that shit. The dude that got shot in his yard, to me, was on some young nigga shit. Like, you a young nigga, if you out here trying to beat somebody up in front of your girl, like, listen, these dudes fight, you should have called the police. It ain't your... But again... I was his first, you know, first baby. You know what I'm saying? When you got a baby, somebody just got to tell you that. Somebody just got to say that to you one time. It ain't your life no more, bro. It's not your life anymore if you have children. Because you owe it to them to be there when they grow up. To teach them shit. Now, this little girl got to grow up with no daddy. This Atlanta. You already know how that could turn out. Now, I ain't saying that the, her mama ain't got no brothers that's going to step in. You know what I'm saying? But the dude ain't got no brothers. He don't have nobody to step in and step up. He don't have that. But what, he, you know what I'm saying? So this baby girl got to grow up in Georgia under all these circumstances now. Because you didn't think, I got a baby out here. I got to make sure that I am here for my baby. And make sure that she has me because I am the most important part of my child's life me my behavioral science it is up to me to go out here and learn everything to teach my youngin because everything that you didn't know everything that you weren't taught does not give you the excuse can that be used as an excuse for you not learning to teach your offspring? You know, write that list down of things you want them to know. But the most important thing you want your kid to know is how to deal with personal interactions. You know what I'm saying? Personal interactions. How do I deal with the personal disagreement? Do I come in? A handshake can fix that. The science of a handshake. I, I, I taught the science of a handshake to my son when he was six. I said, when you meet somebody for the first time, it's important that you establish yourself as a respectable person. And the way to do that is the greeting, the first initial handshake. Now, for all of you that don't understand this, a handshake should say three things. I respect you. I'm respectable. I am paying attention to you. And I'm, you know, I'm no threat. So that means you extend your hand out, not too far, but just enough to let the person know that you're extending your hand out. When they grab your hand, it should meet web to web. That's between your thumb and your finger. Boom. And you're supposed to squeeze their hand enough 
to establish control of the handshake. Not necessarily to hurt them, but let them know that you're there. And that you understand that we're giving a handshake. And I'm looking you in your eye. I'm probably going to say, how you doing? My name is. And you, you look, you know, how you doing? How you doing? My name is. Nice to meet you. You know what I'm saying? I might even throw a compliment. I like your haircut. Or that's a cool shirt. Something like that. To let this dude know that, yo, I ain't trying to, you know, out tough guy you. I'm humble enough to show you the respect you deserve. A, by not squeezing your hand. B, by looking you in your eye. C, you're supposed to make sure that you put a little bit of power to it to, to move them, but not enough to necessarily pull on them. But enough for them to understand that I'm engaged in this handshake. Because at the same time, they're doing, you should expect that they're going to do the same thing. I'm going to grab his hand, shake his hand. I'm not going to squeeze it too much. I'm going to go, I'm going to exemplify my, my personal strength in the situation by not allowing you to handle me with this handshake, but just enough to go up and down about six feet. I mean, six inches. You know, a handshake is about, hey, how you doing? Up and down. Hey, hey, hey. That plus the greeting and, and maybe even, you know, the greeting to what level you want to go with the greeting. These are important things because you never know how a person is analyzing you in conversation and, and greetings. They're not, you know, because you know what a handshake is supposed to say. A handshake is supposed to say, I ain't no punk. I respect you. You're going to respect me. I see you. You see me. How you doing? It's all good. It's supposed to say that. Ain't no disrespect, bro. I'm not disrespecting you. I'm just letting you know I ain't no sucker. But I respect you. What's up? <laughs> you good. Now, after that, you continue to have a conversation. But if you go in and give somebody a handshake and it's weak, they don't look at you. You hold their hand until they look at you. You ain't got to squeeze it, but you have to get their attention. Because them not paying that attention to you could be a lack of respect too. It could, that could be a lack of respect also. Like, man, no, this is what it is. So you have to establish that also. All these things are important in the, in the greeting and salutation game. Because once you've established who you are in this handshake, your relationship with that person is already solidified because y'all have had a personal interaction that don't take no more than four to five seconds. How you doing? What's up? Hey, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Bet I ain't. You know what I'm saying? You know who you dealing with, and if you sharp with that, that's gonna that's gonna say something to them. And if they not paying attention, they could possibly take offense to that. Like, what you mean, nigga? Why you? What's up? Nah, nah, bro. I'm just shaking your hand, man. And, and if you see a person that's befuddled by yo yo the way you handle that, break it down to them. Break it down to them because you may teach them a lesson that they'll need for the rest of their life, and they will forever respect you for for clearing that up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's if you want to. If you that's if it's in you to be that type of person. Because me, I think that's important. I think it's important for you to to establish that ground. And understand, like, yo, I ain't scared of you or nothing like that, but I'm showing you the respect you deserve. We both men out here. And I greet everybody with that respect. 
I greet everybody with the same respect because I believe everybody deserves that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not much of a people person. I like to stay in my own lane, do my own thing. But I understand that I have to deal with people. So I make sure that we establish a mutual respect from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? When you're dealing with any man, you have to respect that man's mind. You don't know what that man got going on. So you can't just bogart your way into a situation disrespectfully because you don't know this dude. He may have temper issues and there may be a reason for him to prove to you that he ain't no punk. And he may not have the, 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 the behavioral science of mutual respect. He may just be a gladiator. Like, this is how I handle business, nigga. What's up? So your, your poise is, your, is also a good weapon in conflict and resolution because you don't have to be emotionally, you know, disturbed by a greeting or a salutation. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to take everything so literally, you know what I'm saying, when you when you meet somebody. You have to understand that everybody wasn't raised like you. And that's how you deal with situations. I'm not finna fight this nigga, disrespect this nigga, jump off the porch and try to fight this nigga because he getting his ass whooped. I'm not finna do that because I don't know this nigga. But I will call the police. I don't even want to, and I don't want to call the police. Unless you sitting out there getting stomped out. Because I'm not finna go pull nobody's foot out your ass either. Because I don't know who, why he putting that foot in your ass. You might have molested his sister. So I ain't no telling why he out there fighting. The last thing I'm going to do is come jump off the porch and try to show out. And, and, and break it up. Because you don't know what a person's going through. He's taking an ass whooping right now. And you going to jump on me too? I'm going to shoot your ass. I'm not going to shoot this nigga because he's my brother. But I'm pissed enough to do it. But I'd rather shoot you. And these niggas don't, man, they shoot on the expressway. Every time I turn on the news, some little niggas out here done shot somebody because of a misunderstanding. And with black people, you can kill a nigga. You can kill a nigga in 218 and get off of it. Because, you know, well, up until now, it seems like they, 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 they dropping down more harsh penalties for people that's killing folks. Like the dude that broke into, uh, uh, that shot the girl through the window that was in her house playing video games with her kid because somebody made a health a help a health and wellness call to the police and instead of the police coming in ringing the doorbell trying to see if everything's all right he goes snooping around to the back of the house with his gun out and shoot the first person he see you're a fucking asshole whoever that cop is you and i hope you get life for that shit any cop that's going around shooting people you're a pussy because first of all ain't no niggas out here hunting police that is the police out there hunting niggas. And see, they already, they already minimize our image to justify this foul behavior toward us. Look, every video you see on TV is a nigga on some bullshit. They don't show the black, they don't show the strong black father, husband that's leading his his his, his palace. They don't show that brother. They show, they show whatever screwed up image that they can. It goes all the way back to the news. Remember how we used to look at the news? And they only put people on there that look crazy. All those people in there, they're going to put the person on there with no teeth, with a rag on their head or a bad weave. Yeah, that's what they do. It ain't fair, but it is what it is. So, conflict and resolution, man. It's the art of taking humility 
and not allowing it to alter your behavior. You can't go out here trying to fight people because somebody embarrassed you or hurt your feelings because you don't know how people are cut. You know what I'm saying? The handshake is the way you deal with things. And I'm going to tell you, I've gotten better results from people from just walking up to them, getting real close to them, and saying to them something along the lines of, you all right? Or, or did I do something to you? Is there a reason why you acting this way? Or why are you doing it? Because most of that stuff is for the show. But when you pull up on somebody and get real personal with your issue, you'll see the truth come out. People sit up there and talk shit all day long. The minute you pull, they, when they by themselves and you pull up, what's up, man? They get scared to death. Like, oh shit, it's just me and this nigga. And you come out like, you good? Because you said some stuff in there that needed to be addressed. I mean, you got a problem with me? Because if you do, we can fix it. I don't want no beef with you. I don't need no, because I'm a, I mean, I'm a barber. When you a barber, you standing in the same place 90% of the time. Anybody want to find me, I'm standing in the same place most of the time. Because I'm a barber. So I know that I got to keep my name right. And I gotta keep my 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 be you know my behavioral science intact because it's a nigga out there that know where I'm at. Everybody know where I'm at. So any even in the gangster movies, very seldom do you see a barbershop getting shot up. I mean, Superfly just came out, and these new niggas shot up a barbershop, which to me sent the wrong message. You don't shoot up a barbershop because everybody respects the barbershop like they should respect the church, like they should respect the schoolhouse, the hospital. All of that. You shouldn't be shooting up barbershops because barbers ain't hurting nobody. You got some young you got some young barbers out there that talk too much to be a barber. You talk too much to be a barber. Be a barber means you gotta be cool with everybody. You can't be out here trying to be Billy Badass and you standing in the barbershop all day. I I can send somebody in there to knock your ass out. Yo, I got listen, I got Navy brothers that knew of certain barbershop conflicts that I would have. You know what I'm saying? And would be like, yo, man, you want me to just come up there and walk in and knock that nigga out for you? Nah. nah I, you know I do that. I just walk right up and knock his ass out and walk back and they won't even know who and why. Because it's that simple. And the same thing can happen to your ass. Me too. If I'm out here being disrespectful and don't nobody want to do it publicly, hey, man. That nigga right there, he drive that right there. He sit right there. That's his spot right there. He go there, he live there, he be there. Go in there and handle that for me. And I give you $100. And you know, if you out here being a fucking idiot and you got somebody out here wanting to fight you, they not going to come in the shop and fuck with, they're going to shoot the shop up. Like on shoot Superfly. Shoot the shop up. And everybody in there gonna get gonna get killed because of some shit you got going on on the other side of town. So barbers, chill with that, man. Stop being that way. Understand that you can be touched. Everybody can be touched. So it's important that you get all that intact. And and that's just that's just that's just that's just that's just, that's just that just makes sense to me. That just makes sense to me. You know what I'm saying. It just makes sense to me, you know? And, and, and again, you know, if I could give a message to all the young brothers out there, chill out, man. It ain't that serious. Don't get mad and kill somebody. 
because you felt embarrassed or you felt disrespected or you just got a misunderstanding and you just gonna go kill somebody. Don't do that because you upset. Take a deep breath, think about your kids. Think about your wife, your girlfriend, your mama hanging over your casket crying and shit. Think about that before you just go out here and, and, and try to kill somebody. Or even if you just want to go out there and be Billy Badass. You got kids, bro. You can't do that. You can't do that. Now, I know this is all shit that everybody already know. But I'm telling you right now, I felt like I needed to do this because it's important that we talk about conflict and resolution in our community. I talked about a lot of shit. I gave a lot of examples and stuff. And if I, you know, you know, you should have that understanding. So teach that handshake. Teach that. You know what I'm saying? If you are a single mother out here, you need a community, a village of men to help you. Find you a good barber. Find you a good landscaper for your yard or, or de you know, deacon at the church or basketball coach, football coach, baseball coach. Find you some hood disciples that could be friends with you and understand that, yo, my son needs a male role model in his life. And you a good dude, so I'm gonna put him on your team. And I need you to understand, like the Grambling coach. The Grambling coach said, yeah, we didn't win a lot, but my program was more about molding young men than winning football games. My program was more about, and, and that's what my program was about. My program was talking to young men. Young men. I don't give a fuck about old niggas. If you're an old nigga, you the old nigga you're going to be. Lucky you, you made it to be an old nigga. But I'm not trying to fix you. I mean, hopefully what I say can help you join in to what I'm doing. And you start mentoring young guys and teaching young guys how to deal with shit. I was going, you know, that, that's important. You know what I'm saying? Instead of, that was, that's important. You know what I'm saying? And if something I said, you know, touched you specifically some sign of way hey man i wasn't being disrespectful i'm just being real about it you can't be out here disrespecting people because you don't know how people gonna retaliate so young fella somebody disrespects you you know what i'm saying take a deep breath and count to 10 never mind all the laughter and chatter that you may hear because something happened that may have embarrassed you look that man in the eye and address that situation personally. It don't have to be physical. I mean, if somebody hits you, you got a decision to make. But know that you got niggas out here that's killing niggas for just getting their ass whooped because they can't take their ass whooping. So you got to think, I got kids, I got a wife, I got a mama, I got a daddy, I got a brother. <clears throat> I got nieces and nephews that love me, that need me. So I'm not finna sit up here and gamble with my health and my life because some young nigga that can't pull his pants up and get this lesson. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's a fool out there. You got fools out there that don't know how to carry themselves and that's looking for somebody. Man, they got the gang initiations where you're driving down the highway with your lights off. And... The first person that blinkets you to let you know that your lights are off. The rule is you're supposed to make that U-turn, 
follow them to where they're going and kill them as an initiation to join his league, join his gang, join his team. That's what you got to do. You got to kill somebody that bleeds. That's an initiation. Some people got initiations where you got to go kill somebody randomly and not somebody that's on the other squad. I need to see you go kill a nigga, kill a school teacher or something. You saw New Jack City. You know what I'm saying? You got dudes that's riding around in cars, shooting their gun out the window, not giving a fuck where that bullet land. That damn bullet land in somebody's party and kill their kid. You got coward ass cops killing niggas talking about they was fear for their life. What you mean you in fear of your life? Hey, listen, man, I'm going to say this. You punk ass, bitch ass police officers that's beating up on kids and beating up on women and beating up on handcuffed citizens, you pieces of shit. You need to kill yourself. Protect and serve, bitch ass nigga. Protect and serve, not ride around bullying. But you see, that's why you don't let people from the war come home and be cops. You don't let those guys come home and be cops. You put their ass on the porch with a little dog because they need to sit their ass down somewhere and chill. You can't have a person with, they already running through Afghanistan shooting and killing people. Now you're going to come through, through Georgia beating up old ladies because you ain't got nobody else to fight? Go play basketball or something. Fight them niggas on the basketball court. Stop shooting up kids and grown-ups. And you, you shoot through a window? You shoot through a window. I'm just scared. It's six of y'all with a gun. Ain't no... I say again. There are no black men out here hunting police officers. I'm not looking for... The, if you pull a brother over, he don't want no problems. Black men have your license out whatever you got have it out don't reach for shit you should have all that shit together in a paper clip and your visor that's why if you look at your visor they got them little clips on it put your shit somewhere you ain't got to reach for it because you got cops out here that'll tell you give me your license get out the car don't move put your hands where i can see them and they all got guns on you sitting in the car why you know harmless and the minute you make a move or don't make a move, they're going to kill you. And say, I told him not to move, and he moved. But bitch, you told me to move. Your partner told me to move, and he's standing right next to you. So you heard him say that shit. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no nigga running from the police. If a man wanted to, listen, if a nigga wanted to shoot a cop, if a man really wanted to shoot a police officer, all he got to do is go on a rooftop with a gun, shoot through the top of the car. I'm not going to wait till I get pulled over by the cops to do it. I'm not going to wait till I'm speeding and get pulled over by the cops to shoot a cop. So don't come up to me with your gun raised and you talking about you scared of your scared to death. Don't do that, man. Because you a pussy. You a cop. You got a badge and a gun and a taser and a, and a billy club, you bitch ass nigga. I saw a video of a cop beating the shit out of a lady in the store. Laying on top of her, talking about some put your hands behind your back. Bitch ass nigga, you laying on top of her. What the fuck you gotta keep hitting her for? Like I said, let me not get upset. You know what I'm saying? This ain't about me and cops, but that's the biggest, that's those are the terrorists of this country. The police officers are the terrorists. Now I ain't saying that cops don't have a dangerous job because you got niggas out there preparing for cops to do that fuck shit that's waiting waiting so you got to be on guard but at the same time 
ain't nobody trying to if a nigga stop at a stop at for for police stop if you stop me and i stop i'm not trying to kill you i'm not gonna do nothing to you i'm, I'm complying with your orders there's no reason for you to 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 come at me like that put your gun away you have the advantage. Your partner standing behind me in my passenger window, back passenger window, you know what I'm saying? You standing behind the car, looking in the window at my steering wheel, so you got a better jump on me than I got on you. If I was to push something out the window, you can grab it. So I'm not doing that. I don't want that. And that's everybody. Nobody wants that from a cop. But you got cops out here. That, 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 that say I'm gonna kill me a nigga today Cause my bitch cheating on me Cause she found out I was a whole ass cop Beat niggas up You know what I'm saying Don't do that Cause you got some parents out there That'll find you and kill you for the sake of their child Oh you kill my child You kill my you, you body slam my daughter on the side of the road Mr. Cop oh, you, was, you, 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 you beat my You beat my 14 year old daughter up you, you slammed my 14-year-old daughter in the dirt and she got on a damn bikini with no weapon? Okay. You got people out there that understand what that means. And they have their own plan of retaliation. And they ain't going to do it to you. They're going to do it to your 14-year-old daughter. They're going to do it to your 14-year-old son. They're going to do it to your mama, your wife, so you can live through watching what they gone through. And you ain't going to know who did it. You ain't gonna know who did it, cause ain't nobody gonna say I'm finna do it. It's just gonna happen, and you gonna be you. You've been an asshole for so long that you don't know where the shit coming from. So that's my message to people that know cops. And listen, man, don't come fucking with me, man, cause I ain't nobody to start no shit with. I don't want no problems. I ain't breaking no laws. I ain't starting no shit. I'm a barber. I'm I'm good. But somebody gotta say it. I ain't no punk. Somebody gotta say this shit, man. And again. My podcast is an instructional manual and an understanding manual on a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? I could have been a rapper. I could be rapping this shit. I could be rapping this shit. I'm not rapping because I can't, eh, but I'm not rapping. I'm finna, I'm, I'm talking this shit. Everybody got a voice. Everybody has an opinion. Rappers come out here and say all this stupid ass shit about drugs and hoes and shit. I'm spitting fire. I'm telling all you niggas some shit that could change your life. Don't be a fucking idiot, man. And part my disrespect, but I, I I see too much foul shit. I know a lot of people that's gone, man, that's dead because it's just a lack of understanding or just poor conflict and resolution practices. So, um, hey, man, I mean to do that. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to to step on your shoe. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. Please, I didn't. I wasn't trying to. It was a mistake. Or 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 damn, brother, you know, relax, man, chill. You almost stepped on my foot, or you you almost knocked my shit over. Hey, man, chill. You ain't gotta get all disrespectful. Cause most cases people don't know what they're doing. But if you meet them with disrespect, they gotta retaliate with it. They can't take the L. You know what I'm saying? Humility. So. Again, you know, uh, if I offended somebody, you know what I'm saying? Sorry, you probably, you know, you probably didn't like the way I said it, but I said it. And I ain't being disrespectful. I'm just telling you the truth, yo. This is not the play. We don't need this type of behavior in our lifestyle. We need to love each other, man. We need to love each other. 
man, and be here for the kids. They didn't kill enough black men and fathers. They didn't already separated the black household. They didn't already done all the things to demolish our community because they understand the value of us uniting. So they have to put all these barriers between us to keep that. If you want to, you know what I'm saying? If you, if you, if, if they didn't kill Martin Luther King until they, until he started talking about reparations. Then they had some black men set him up. Nipsey Hussle was giving real game, so they had a black man killing. You know what I'm saying? All this stuff, everybody, you know what I'm saying? They, they don't want us to unite and join forces and become the dominant conglomerate that we can be because of what it'll do to white people. I mean, they already got a recessive gene. The minute a black man puts a seed in a white woman, they're making white kids. I mean, black kids. And, 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 and this woman's gonna eventually die and leave black kids. Same with white men, them old white men drinking and they they gonna they 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 put a baby in a black person. That's a black baby. So you have a recessive gene. You have a recessive gene. And I believe that it's 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 they didn't kill niggas off in so many different ways. Heroin, crack, gang violence, drugs, uh uh, uh police brutality. They've done everything they can to eliminate black men. Welfare Reform Act, prison system, bullshit laws. They made the drug law. They first of all, they put the drugs in the community so that they could pay for the war. All right? You get too big, they're going to go ahead and lock you up for 20 years and take all your money from you. You know what I'm saying? But they see it. They know who got it. They're going to lock you up, take your money from you. And they're gonna use that. They use that money to fund the wars and stuff. I mean, you watch Snowfall. You read the story. If you old enough, you lived through it and saw it. And I know I touched on a lot of stuff, man. But I mean, that's that's a that's a big deal for me. I'm a basketball coach. I'm a coach. I'm a life coach. I'm a I'm a mentor. I'm a protege. You know what I'm saying? I got proteges. And, and anybody listening to this is an unofficial protege because I'm spitting real fire. I'm spitting real shit. I ain't, I ain't trying to be funny. I can be, but I'm not. There's a method and a message to this. I have an abrasive delivery at times, but I'm grown. I'm a fucking bolster, man. I use a bit of profanity in my delivery, but I could do that. I could do that. So, all that being said, man, you know what I'm saying? The NBA season and popped off. I'm pulling for the Clippers. The Clippers going to do it. I've been saying it ever since Kawhi made his announcement. The Clippers going all the way. LeBron and them look good. I told y'all Dwight Howard was going to have a monster year because he's with a monster player. He's played with, he was the man in Orlando. And they ran offense through him. Then he gets hurt, fucks over Van Gundy, goes to LA, and becomes Kobe's rebounder. That ain't how he play. And there don't nobody like playing with Kobe. Kobe has done some some cool stuff, but Kobe would make 10 good shots out of 45 fucked up shots, like watching James Harden. James Harden is exciting to watch, but then when you look at the box score, he like two for two for 50. Fuck out of here, man. Don't nobody want to play with nobody like that? Don't nobody want to deal with that? I'm not going to shoot no... I'm not going to shoot 15 three-pointers and only make two. If I miss three, I'm, I'm not shooting no more. I mean, I'm just saying, I get it. Shooters shoot, shooters gonna shoot. Shooters believe that every shot's going in and shooters believe that every next shot going in. But if I'm oh, if I'm one for five, 
I ain't shooting no more. I'm pumped they can go into the rack. I'm passing it. I'm making the extra pass. I'm doing, I'm, 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 I'm not finna miss that many. It ain't in my blood. To, I don't play like that. I don't play like that. You know what I'm saying? And they got Houston. The dudes was 49 to 14 in the first quarter. They got Russell Westbrook and James Harden on the same team, and they just garbage. Dwight Howard's my guy. He's been my guy. I'm going to always say that's my guy. I don't care what anybody else say. Yeah, he might have a boyfriend. I don't care about you being gay, boy. long as you handling business inside that stripe. And again, don't nobody need to know who you fucking. If you fucking and sucking dick, that's your business. You don't hit no dudes. I, no, no real men. Excuse me, no real men out here talking about how many hoes they fucking. Nah, you don't see that. That ain't cool. It's not cool. So if you gay, that's your business. Don't nobody need to know all that shit. Keep it to yourself. And just because you gay don't mean you gotta walk around here like a girl. What's wrong with you? Come on, man. Put your shoulders back. Say it with your chest. You know what I'm saying? Be a little bit more discreet, man. Shoot. I know, and listen, so it's a lot, man. So I, I like I like the NBA. You know what I'm saying? I like Dwight Howard because he a baller, and I think he got a bad, he was injured when he played with Kobe, tried to come back too early to serve Kobe, to show his dedication to Kobe. Kobe played him and shitted on him. So then he went to Houston. Like he posted, like he posted a rebound for Harden. Again, you shooting one for 20, though. I'm not playing with you like that. So the enthusiasm wasn't there, but he with LeBron now. And LeBron to me is next to LeBron and Kawhi are two of the most complete players. But as far as, you know, point guard, point forward, team dominance distribution game, I'm going to give it to LeBron. LeBron has made the game fun. Kawhi is made, has made the game fun. Kawhi is a genius. LeBron is a genius. But see, LeBron is bigger than basketball. He got so much. He... LeBron is big, bigger than basketball. You know what I'm saying? Pay attention, bro. These these college kids finna get paid. They finna get paid. LeBron would have went to college if he'd have got paid. LeBron got 90 million when he was fresh out of high school. So the NBA season is back. I'm, I'm glad to see that. Uh, just to date this conversation, uh, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens beat the shit out of the Tom Brady and the, and, the, and the undefeated Patriots last night. This Monday. You know what I'm saying? Monday after that game. So, I mean, you know, fast forward 30 years from now, this is the game. This is the day. Brady didn't want six championships. You know what I'm saying? 2019 and all that. But, again, you know, take a deep breath. Evaluate the situation. And, and and think about your family before you get out here shooting niggas and trying to prove a point to, to some people that don't give a fuck about you. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it boils down to. You friend for people that don't give a fuck about you. Trying to save face. Go home. Take that ass whooping. If you got an ass whooping, you deserved it for something. You either started a fight or was doing some shit out of pocket. But don't go kill nobody. And if you whooping somebody's ass because they out of pocket, don't shit on them and embarrass them like that that ain't how you fight when you fight somebody you fight their ass until they fall sometimes a person falls because they done let them be done you, you know what I'm saying are you good don't turn your back on them but don't go kicking them in their motherfucking head if you knock them out because they gonna kill you for that 
A nigga, I've seen niggas slam a nigga on the head and bust his skull open. Like, I'm gonna pick you up by your legs and I'm gonna body slam you on the ground. Your head gonna smack the ground like, bam! That person's dead and you just killed him and all you had to do was slam him on his back. So you gotta think about that shit, man. Get your emotions in check and stop fronting for hoes. Stop fronting for niggas. Stop fronting to trying to prove a point. Cause you're gonna, you're gonna end up dying because of that stupid shit. For real. So, Again, man, this is just some real shit, man. It's real conversation, man. Pardon my, you know, expletives and, and curse words, but I'm a fucking bolsa mate, B. I was in the Navy. I'm, I got a, I curse like a sailor. I'm a fucking pirate out here. And again, I don't mean to be loud and rude and disrespectful, but everybody in here know what I'm, they feel me. Everybody in here done lost somebody through some petty bullshit like that. So your frustration is right there with mine. So, so let's, let's mentor these young fellas, man. Let's be an example. Of how we did. When I see a young dude out here out of pocket, I pull him to the side. And I give him some real game, man. I don't try to embarrass him. I don't scream on him. I ask him the questions that help them answer the questions that get them in line. Like, yo, do you really think, is that the best way? You think you could have did that different? Because you can't embarrass me. You can't hurt my feelings. You can't, you can't get me out of pocket. Those days are behind me. You can't get me out of pocket like that because I don't live. It's not my life anymore. I'm not here for me. I gotta be. A, I have to be a mentor and a sensei and and, and a, a ment for my son and your son and everybody else's son listening to this. I have to be that. I have to be a good example of, of what to do when you don't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? And I believe that's my that's been my purpose. The, the purpose that has driven my life for the last few years is just trying to be a mentor. You know what I'm saying? If you check out my social media, it's all about positivity, education, and empower self-empowering. I want everybody to be the best version of themselves. So check me out. You know what I'm saying? Tell me know what you think about this episode. And again, I want to say thank you for everybody that supports me. And it, it give me all the great reviews and, you know, the inbox me all the, you know, the, the, the thank yous and, and the corrective criticism and everything. I appreciate that. This is how we make this better. I got a bunch of shit I'm going to talk about. I'm going to probably do this all the time, man. I, I'm, I'm going to probably have, I got some guests that's going to come on. I got a few more guests coming on, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, these points I like to make because I have a lot of end of time, a lot of time to do a lot of thinking. And my moments of clarity are big. And I think I should share them with people because I, I, I'm, it can help people. And I know this episode is probably a little bit of enrichment, but just for the sake of it, share it with somebody. Take what you learn from listening to this shit and tell it to somebody else. And I ain't trying to, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm not being preachy. I'm just talking that shit. I'm telling you what's up. Shit. So I love y'all, man. I love all of y'all, man. I want to thank you for your support. I want to thank you for tuning in. This is Chop It Up. Tate Barbering presents Chop It Up. Another episode is in the books. I love y'all. Keep tuning in. Till next time, peace and a bye-bye. Till I hit it with the alcohol, it won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. 
hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. Hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. Hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. Hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt at all. Hurt at all. Won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. Hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. Hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt, baby. Nope. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol.